to the Colton Joe Show. A very hype intro here. This is our 100th episode. This is an episode with, with teased a little bit in the past couple of weeks. This is our top 10 bad and good takes. You said you said the the title in a better way last last episode, and I forget how you put it. I don't um, remember. Uh, 100 episodes in, our top 10 and bottom 10 takes, or something like that. Our best take and our top 10 worst takes, something like that. So this is, you, this you is get a, the point. Yeah, this is a fun episode for sure. A lot of we always keep receipts here on the Colton and Joe show, as we know. That's the thing and, about this episode, though. And since we keep the receipts like that, uh, everybody knows we talk about it every episode. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> many of many hours have been spent at the end of episodes, like scrolling through our old takes already. That's so this true. is not most of these were already fresh in our mind, and we knew what we were doing. A couple. I dove into the archives of the Colton and Joe show Instagram to find out some of these. And there, there's some pretty good takes on here. Um, two in particular takes I thought were really good. Uh, and the rest of them were like, turned out pretty good. <laughs> and there's definitely some, some takes that went really good. All these takes are like really bad takes. And not every take is a bad take just because it didn't come true. That doesn't necessarily make it bad, but some were really like, out there. <laughs> some some were really dumb. Like some picks, I feel like were really bold and ended up. If you have a really bold take and it's wrong, it, it's just a bad take. It's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do concur. And since we we've done the same things, we can't change it up. And even though it's the one hundredth episode, we can't change too much up. How has your week? How was your weekend? This is Monday. Yeah. So how was how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. So yeah, we're recording this on a Monday. You'll see it on a Tuesday. Um, how my weekend was? It was pretty good. Um, it, it wasn't super fun. I mentioned last last episode that I spent a lot of time moving somebody, and then this weekend I spent a lot of time moving somebody else. I had to move my aunt to a, my aunt and uncle to a new place. So that <laughs> was that was uh, not that fun. If the weekend was only like a day long, it was re- it really felt like one day. Um, but now we're here, and it's draft week, right? That's uh, yeah. everybody everybody's favorite week, draft week. I'm and I am I am hyped. I'm very hyped, as you are as well. I know we've been talking about it. Um, very very hyped for Thursday. It's going to be a great day Thursday. It is going to be a very good day. Um, I just made my I finalized my mock draft today. Um, finalized in quotation marks because the more I think about it, there may be some more changes I want to make. But um, yeah, always. currently, Pretty yeah, always. Well, I'm sure I'll change a couple things before the episode, but I've got my mock draft now. The, the, the farther we get into it, actually, the more I start to think that the Falcons might actually not trade the pick. Um, uh, the rumors are always so different. Some people think they're going to stick around and draft. Pretty much, They're always just having taken the same player, which is makes sense to an extent. Um, uh, but I, I don't know why they take I, I feel like the, the player that they're always mocking to him is Kyle Pitts. And I, I, can't, I can't help but disagree with that take. I really don't think – I don't want to give anything away because Personally, the mock draft is – I'm not going to say who my pick is for, for four, but somebody to think about is uh, Fields. Fields is, that is true. Fields, Fields is from Atlanta. Um, Fields is an Atlanta kid. And, I mean, Matty Ice has like one year, two years maybe left in the left on his contract. That would be an absolute. That would be an absolute bombshell if that happened on draft night. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. There's a little bit of talk, but I, I, I'm interested to see what the Falcons do. But nonetheless, I'm super hyped for the draft. 
I'm hyped for a mock draft episode that we have coming up for you. You will see it on the day of the draft. So uh, watch that before the draft. Watch that during the draft. Do do whatever you want. But, yeah. Um, well, we might be sure. live streaming during the draft. We we briefly mentioned that we don't we just I don't I don't know if we we're actually going to do that or not. But we did briefly we'll mention. Yeah, um, the, one of the reasons that Thursday is going to be kind of interesting for me is because I have to get my second dose of the COVID vaccine on Thursday as well, which is a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because that means I have an automatic excuse and I don't have to go to school tomorrow or the next day on Friday, which honestly, it's the NFL draft. And since we're in today's world where I can just take off school whenever I want, as long as I do my work online, I probably want to try to skip school anyway on Friday just so I can stay up because <laughs> if you end of the first round of the draft, it goes until like 1 a.m. At least, yeah. In general, but um, <laughs> so I can I can not I can take off Friday, which is good because I can stay up as late as I want with the draft. But then also, you gotta think I may feel like garbage during the draft. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a it's a fifty fifty, but it'll be interesting. I'm gonna take off the next day, grind it out, and I, I'm just so excited for the draft, man. That's all I can think about right now. It's yeah, sad that I still have to wait, you know, a couple more days before doing anything about it, but. You know, just tomorrow, just just sit and sit and suffer tomorrow. Wednesday, we can do our mock draft episode. That'll be fun. And then Thursday is uh is the big day. So yeah, Thursday's practically like it's this is pretty much the biggest day of the off season. I'd say. Um, yeah. I don't know the the free agent first day for agency. A lot of stuff happens, but it's not. It's like this is a this is a real event. You know, the first day for agency. You're just waiting for stuff to happen. This yeah, is like the, free agency, you're sitting at your phone, looking like waiting for your <laughs> Yeah, or or you're watching the NFL news where they they're waiting for Schefter to tweet. The NFL draft is like live. You're seeing it at the same time everybody else is. Problem is, you can't even you can't go on your phone <laughs> at that point. Once the draft is on, you can't really go on your phone because because I I hate that they do this. They do this in the NFL and the NBA. But like Schefter will like tweet out the pick before it happens. Yeah. Like what? Why Schefter? Why can't you just wait so I can peacefully stroll through Twitter and see what people are saying about the new draft picks without <laughs> seeing what the next draft pick is going to be? Mm-hmm. I don't like like say we say we get to like say we get to the fourth pick and they take Fields. Say they take Fields at four. Well, of course, I'm immediately going to want to get a Twitter and see what everyone's talking, see like the reaction of everybody about Fields going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I can't do that because I go on Twitter and immediately all I see is, oh, the Bengals decided to take Sewell with the fifth pick. It's like I wanted to wait and see what else <laughs> say it. Like I wanted to yeah. actually see when he got drafted. I don't know. It gets rid know, of the kind. It kind of gets rid of the like suspense of it all. That's the yeah. That's the sad part. Like, yeah, like I noticed that last year because I didn't. I don't know if I had Twitter. I just. I'm not like a big Twitter guy. I'm not on Twitter a lot. But I was watching. I would say this. I was watching the Pet McAfee live stream with uh, AJ Hawk, and they it was. It was a fun. I really, that was a that was a really awesome stream. I I have a lot of fond memories from the draft last year, um, and that was that's one of them. And yeah, but they always announced the pick like before it came up on the actual like NFL thing because they were on Twitter and they saw it. Yeah, and they just like. They already started talking about it way before it came up on the TV, and it kind of made me a little bit upset. But yeah. I don't like that, and it's just annoying how long it takes in between picks. Yeah, like, there's no way, there's no. no way that the second overall pick, because you know, you know, Trevor Lawrence, they're gonna, it, they're not gonna announce the Trevor Lawrence pick until like three minutes. They've been on the clock already. It's a clock. Yeah. What's the purpose? Like you, we, it's not like you had no clue that you. It's not like somebody. 
unexpected got taken and like your guy is now off the board. You you have the number one pick. You've known who you're going to be taking for a month and they're going to take forever. And then the Jets are going to take forever to pick. It's it's just a pain. But yeah. the draft is the draft. I'm going to pig out, eat a bunch of snacks, <laughs> have me a good time. And I'm going to have my mock draft pulled up on my phone um, and marking how many I get right. And for me, this is just randomly. This is just random. I'm rambling a bit. But I just want to say <laughs> – and. It, for on, on this show, we consider it a win, even if because we're not uh, at least me. You might are you doing trades in yours? Did you do a trade in yours? I do not. You know, I have a couple different versions. I, I think I don't think I'm gonna have any trades in them, and it but I'm, I'm not, not going to disclose any more information. But as of right now, my mock draft does not have any trades. Mine does not have trades, but I feel like the players that like they could they're probably still ending up in the places that they would have. Like, yeah. if this team traded up, they probably would have taken this guy, but they got him anyway, I feel like. But but that's, well, that's what I'm saying. It's still a win. It's a win if that team drafts that player. It does not have to be at the same pick. So, like, say, theoretically, you have the Patriots taking um, Trey Lance at 15. Okay. If they trade up and take Trey Lance at four, that's still a correct pick. Yeah. The Patriots still ended up with Trey Lance. You just in the wrong spot. Yeah, that's still a correct bet. I just want to throw that out there. No, I thought about that. this. I thought about this. I thought about a scoring system, and I, I like. I don't know if this this doesn't matter. So if it's like the same team and the same pick, then you get a whole point. If it's the same team and a different pick, then you get like zero point seven five. Or if it's like the same pick and a different team, you get like zero point five. Or like I don't know. Like it, I don't know how that would work, but I feel like it would make more sense if we just did it like that. But it, you could. Make it way more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> uh, I always just keep track of how many I get right. Last year, I didn't think, like, last year, actually, I got, like, 11 right last year, I believe. And I didn't think it was that good. But just recently, I started thinking about it, and I was like, actually, that's, like, one in three picks I got right. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty good. But just because last year, we kind of all knew what was going to happen with, like, vague understanding of what was going to happen in the top ten. Like, it made things a lot easier. But this year, I do have a lot better of an understanding. Like, I have a lot better knowledge of the players in the draft this year. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I've been, I've been a lot more than last year. I've got all my players ranked here. So, like, I've, I've got a better understanding than I did last year. Last year, the majority of the guys that were drafted, I honestly, like, didn't even know. This year, I'm probably going to know every single person that goes off the board, unless like yeah. they do something really weird. Because I haven't really gone in too much into like day two prospects, just because I've been really focused on the mock draft. But. I know like the top day two prospects, like some of the players that like the better players that I left off my mock. Yeah, because I I have like my top five, five to like seven on each position that I have written here, and I pretty I know the majority of them. There are a couple of, mm-hmm. like, I don't know any of that. After, after Kyle Pitts, I know of Pat Fryermouth from Penn State. But after Kyle Pitts, I don't know about any other tight ends. You know what I mean, like, yeah. I, know, I know two safeties. Kind yeah, of. but there's no need. Like, it, there's no, you don't really need to know that many people. Unless yeah. we're not doing a mock draft, like, we don't need to do that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I guess I I, I, I blabbered on forever, but <laughs> how, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty average, I'd say. I don't know. I don't even remember what I did on the weekend. Um, I went 
Oh no, I know what I did. I went up to Grove City to an outlet up. Um, you know, I don't know if you know where that is. It's uh, it's pretty much a big mall, and I was up there, and we were messing around a little bit. Yeah, but. You go yeah. the, don't they have like a Steeler shop there? Yes, they do. They do have a Steeler shop there. Did you go in it? Did you go? Did you go see what was going on in there? No, I wasn't. <clears throat> I don't remember why. I I think we ran out of time because so we had to get back for something else when we were up. So I was going yeah, to, but then I've we spent there. time. Like, I was like to go in there. there. That Steeler store has been closed every time. It is it's closed a lot, and then on Sun, like on it's like on game day. It's like I'm never up there on Sunday because uh, I got church and yeah. stuff. But like on, if I was up there on Thursday and it's like game day, then the, so like everything in there is like always like they like hike up the price on everything. Like a terrible towel that normally costs like ten dollars is like twenty five dollars. And then like nice, I'm sorry, it's the game day prices. Like I'm like I'm not spending twenty five dollars on a terrible mm-hmm. towel that I just show up tomorrow. Day. It's gonna be fifteen dollars cheaper. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, or like I like to get rid of all like the, there's like a fun promo, but there's like a um a trivia question up and if you answer the trivia question right then you get a Steelers Digest uh, magazine and it's probably like it's usually pretty old but it's still fun and even the, the majority of the time um the questions are really out there and they're like questions I have no idea so I like they just they let you look it up <laughs> if you don't know the answer um but it's oh, it's yeah. fun but then on game day they also don't they don't do that cuz like there's too many people in here on game day and it's like I get it, but it's kind of annoying. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I've never been in that one. I, I went to the Steeler Pro Shop in one of the malls. I don't. It might have been Ross Park. I'm not sure. One of the malls I went to the Steelers Pro Shop, and it was really nice, but everything in that place is so expensive. Yeah. I was inside the one in Heinz Field, but I was at, the pit, I was at a pit game, so it was all mm-hmm. pit stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. I did go in the one in Hinesfield, now that I think about it. That's where I got my Antonio Brown uh, Bumblebee jersey. Mm-hmm. That was That's my claim to fame. I was at the, the final ever Pittsburgh Steelers Bumblebee jersey game. I wish I wish I, I really wish I can get to a, bit, a Steelers game this year. I don't know. Like, I don't know how – I'm assuming that the tickets are going to be really expensive, like more than usual. Especially they allow them. Yeah, there's not going to have as many on sale, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll keep, my, I'll keep an eye open. Well, some stadiums cool. are going to full capacity. Yeah, I know. I I did see that, but like, I'm not. If you didn't know, like the governor of Pennsylvania doesn't seem to isn't too to loosening any restrictions, so I'm not sure what's going to go on there. But yeah, Tom Wolf, the governor of PA, is not is a he's a pretty strict dude. He's a pretty strict dude. He's not taking yeah. he's not taking hey. things lightly. We we don't get political. We haven't said it in a while. We don't get political in the Colton and Joe show. We've not said so, it. Yeah, if you, you know, we don't take time to say it. Yeah, obviously, it has been a little while. There hasn't been much political uh, stuff going on, so we don't have to mention it. But this is we do not get political in the Colton and Joe show. Not ever. We have never once gotten political in the Colton and Joe show, and that's, that's a, a that is my name. Is that the the co-host the podcast that I co-host has never gotten political. Yep, that's true. That's true. So I will. I will go to the grave. That will be written on my grave. Never got political on the show. I'm Never got political now. on the Colton Joe show. Never I mean, like, got political. Well, I mean, what's, what's the point? Like, that's that's what this is. I always say this. This is the reason why I wanted to start a podcast because I'm listening to podcasts and they always like put in there like little political like 
like what they think. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm on here for sports. Yeah. And if you want to talk uh, about I it, I don't want to be one of those people because I know, I know Brett Favre went out and talked about this, and he got criticized for it about how he didn't like uh, politics and sports. But I also understand there was a little bit. He had some undertones. He was kind of being political with the statement. But I don't watch sports yeah. to further politics. I don't. I really don't. And I hate that. I hate yeah. when I look because I, you know, we're both podcast listeners. We both listen to different podcasts. You're a big Pat McAfee guy. I'm a Colin Coward guy. Um, we listen to our podcast. But I, there's nothing that I hate more than listening to a sports podcast for sports. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to hear about sports. And yeah. I'm just hearing nothing but like. Every two seconds, like, well, if Joe Biden wasn't so stupid, then maybe we could get some more fans in the stadiums. But like, well, if Donald Trump wasn't so stupid, then maybe uh, we never want to got shut down. And it's like, I don't want to see. That's not what I want to hear. I know. That's not what I want to hear. When I if I if I wanted that, I go. If I wanted that, I just go on Twitter and look up like hashtag politics or something. If I want, I'll do a politics podcast. If I want to hear politics, but I don't. I don't. Yeah. I want to hear yeah, sports, so I go to sports. I, I listen to sports to, to suspend reality. I when I don't want to hear about the garbage going on in our world, that's when I want to listen to some sports podcasts and get my mind off things. And when you take that sports, that's like the escape from everything, and you throw in all the stuff going on in the world of politics, that's when like and that's, that's when, when things go downhill for me. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I was gonna say that. The, the the sports world in this podcast should and uh, should always and hopefully will always be the escape from okay it will always be the escape from the political world and the stuff that you don't want to hear about so that's the whole that's the whole fun of it all here that's mm-hmm. the Colton and Jojo motto right here yes yes and I'm not we're not stick we're not going to be mean and be like you're an athlete you're not allowed to express your opinion because that that's dumb. But that's that's getting a little political there. No, that's know. not true. That's not political. We're not gonna. We're. I mean, we're not suppressing people's views. But yeah. what we're saying is, we don't need announcers. And I'm just like, we don't need an announcer to tell us their view. I don't care. You're paid to yeah. tell us about football. You're gonna. You tell us about football, and you be quiet about everything else. If you want to go on Twitter and do whatever, that's your prerogative. But when you announce in the football game. I don't need to hear the politics. Well said. Well said. Of course, it's end of the 100th episode. We have to make sure we we make we make it well known. This is this is the 100th, and this is the first of of hundreds of episodes that have come out. Um, you know, you know, I'm going with this. I, I think I think our podcast has a bright future. Um, but but with that, with our with our long rambling there, we should probably get into our to our short news segment here. Yes. News time, news time. Was a, There's not much. It was a very long, was a, long rambling sash. But sometimes you gotta have that, you know? Sometimes you just gotta chill out. <laughs> early, early, early in the pod. Um, it's a short news section. We got four pieces of news. Um, we had our big news dump last week. So things have been a little bit slow just because it's, dra- it's draft time, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to go announce something during draft time. If you're Richard Sherman and you need to sign with a team, you're not gonna announce it on draft week. No, you're not gonna do it. Um, Mm-hmm. So we got a couple things. Two retirements here in the, in the in the four news pieces. The first one is Sean Lee announces his retirement. Longtime Dallas Cowboys linebacker, um, eleven seasons in the NFL, multiple-time Pro Bowler, um, anchored that Cowboys defense for years and years. Um, real spirit of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, when you think Dallas Cowboys defense over the past decade, I, I, I tend to think Sean Lee um, for, for sure. Um, 
And yeah, mm-hmm. great, great, great player. Um, great player, great person. And the other retirement was a uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler, longtime Pittsburgh Steeler, Marcus Gilbert, um, announced his retirement this week. He had a 10-year NFL career, eight of those with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, anchoring that Pittsburgh Steelers at line, which was one of the best in the league for a long time with DeCastro, Pouncey, Gilbert, uh, Foster, and then the fifth guy, which kind of rotated between. There was Calvin Beecham for a while, went to Villanueva, and now Lord, Lord knows what's going on with that line now. But anchored a great O-line, great player, great person, two great players, two great people, Sean Lee and Marcus Gilbert. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. Yeah, definitely. Marcus Gilbert and Sean Lee both kind of have had their uh, careers a little bit gone to the wayside because of injuries in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Gilbert like plays like two games and then tears his ACL or his yeah. pectoral muscle like like the past three years. Uh, he played for Arizona, I think, uh, after mm-hmm. he was traded there. So it's <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's Sean Lee's a little bit sad to see. Obviously, a good player for. For a long time, so enjoy retirement, of course. Sure. We we wish you salute all you the bet. best. Salute you both. Um, <laughs> Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl winners are picking up the fifth year option on defensive tackle Vita Vea. Uh, fifth year option, obviously, if you guys don't know, um, when you sign a rookie in the first round, um, you, they get a four year contract, and if they're a first round player, you can. Um, you get to choose after the third year whether or not you're going to pick up their fifth-year option and give them a fifth year added onto their contract. Um, Tampa Bay did that. Vita has been a stud defensive tackle, very, very, very underrated player. Was injured for a large portion of the season. You saw Tampa Bay had to go out and trade for uh, Steve McClendon from the Jets, try to fill the place. He came back in the playoffs and was he was a you know pretty a pretty solid factor in the Super Bowl and the and the NFC Championship, looking pretty good. Um, everybody's looking good in that Super Bowl defensively. I'll say that. But, um, but yeah, he's a great player. Um, great. He's a guy that doesn't put up a lot of stats, but when, if you watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, about the impact that Vita Vea has every single down, um, absolute stud, great player, one of the better DTs in the league. And, uh, yeah, fifth year option rightfully picked up for the young man. Yeah. I'm, I'm high on Vita Vea. I think he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, he's a he's a real force in the run game. That's something that not a lot of uh, not a lot of players have. Like I feel like he's he's a real two way uh, defensive lineman, which isn't isn't very common. Um, so a lot of respect for Vita Vea. So for sure, for sure. Um, and the last piece of news is something that we we kind of strayed away from on on the news segment of this podcast. We kind of stray we've strayed away from draft rumors a lot, just because. It's it's generally there's so much smoke and mirrors with the draft that you don't really know what to believe. But this one seems a little bit more legit. Um, the 49ers have kind of – we knew that they traded up to number three for a quarterback. Kyle Shanahan came out earlier today and actually said that their pick was to get their starting quarterback is what they said. Um, and the uh, the it has been reportedly narrowed down to – we, we know Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson will be off the board. And it's reportedly Justin Fields has dropped out of the race, and it is the the 49ers are picking between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, um, which is interesting. And I kind of understand it just because it's kind of comes down to the, the the fit with Kyle Shanahan. If you think Kyle Shanahan's whole career, he's played with Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo in those specific offenses. But and you even saw one uh, in Washington, he played his quarterback for a time was. 
um, RG3. But, and you think, well, RG3, yeah, a lot of people have been using that as an excuse for why Justin, maybe he wouldn't take Justin Fields. He did not want RG3 in that building. Like, back in the day, he didn't want him there. The GM came in and was like, you're, you're trading up and you're getting RG3. He's, he's our quarterback. RG3 ended up winning rookie of the year and then getting injured, and that was, you know, a whole sad story there. But Shanahan did not want RG3. Shanahan wanted Tannehill or Kirk Cousins was, like, the thing that, if, if you remember back <laughs> in the day, Shanahan wanted – he liked Tanny more. The, Tanny was his realistic pick, but he thought it may have been a stretch, but Kirk Cousins was another guy he thought he wanted. He did not want RG3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it makes sense, the two. I know for my mock – you can st- – honestly, this could be smoke and mirrors. Who knows, Right. Like, for mm-hmm. all I know, I don't know. Like, this could easily be a smoke and mirrors play because everything in the draft, nobody knows. Like, who in their right mind thought Baker was going first first overall a couple of years back? Nobody. Nobody thought he was going first overall. Like, nobody. A lot of this stuff is smoke and mirrors. Nobody knows what to believe with draft rumors, which is why we kind of stray away from putting them as news. But this seems like maybe a little bit more believable. Uh, I know which quarterback I'm going to have in my mock between the, it's going to be one of these two guys for me, just because it was already one of these two guys for me. Um, I know you actually had mentioned mm-hmm. that your third pick was, or maybe still is Justin Fields. So I won't, I won't ask you who your pick is. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I it, know was, it was, it's not anymore. I'm because... not ask you. Okay. So as you say, you, you did change it from Justin Fields. I know who my pick is. I've kind of known who my pick is. I feel like if I was the Niners, I would take Fields. Um, but once again, this is a mock draft. This is what I think is going to happen, not necessarily what yeah. I think should happen. So, yeah, I, I, got my pick. I think we know. Good, good choice, bad choice. Mac Jones, Trey Lance over Fields. Or is it? Uh, if you to pick Mac Jones, I'm going to be I'm going to clown the 49ers for the rest of the night because that'll be the worst pick of the draft, and that'll be the worst pick I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I Mac I Jones like is really Jones. not good. This is yeah. Isn't you know? Isn't this is pretty name, much. I saw a rumor that his. I saw somebody say that his real name was McCorkle. Is that legit? Do you know? I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up. I. I'm not sure. Mac. It. Yeah. That's his Jones. name is Michael McCorkle Jones. <laughs> I was listening to that uh, is. What is not move the sticks, but. The CBS version of Move the Sticks, whatever that is. I don't remember what it's called, but they were doing a mock draft podcast today, and I was listening to it while I was running, and the guy kept saying McCorkle Jones instead of Mac. He referred to him Bro, as McCorkle I, Jones. And I was really confused. I, but. I was <laughs> uh, – my years ago, I was debating some guy in some Instagram comment uh, of like the NFL Instagram or something, and they kept calling Alvin um, Bud Dupree, Alvin Dupree, which oh, is the real name. But I was, I was tripping. I had no idea. I hadn't actually like just didn't even register my 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 brain. Alvin Dupree. <laughs> it was weird. I remember back in the day, people like would refer to him as they never like back when he was actually getting drafted. A lot of times they wouldn't just say Bud Dupree. They would say Alvin Bud Dupree. Instead of referring to him as Alvin Dupree or Bud Dupree, for whatever reason. Yeah. That's how was how was Ronte? How was Ronte? It wasn't. I mean, it, my runs are always the same. I know. I just run on a treadmill. And, oh, okay. Uh, I just run on a treadmill before I lift, and I usually just run two miles. I don't actually know how fast. It's just whatever. Like I just run point two five miles. With on the five setting, and then I go up to the seven setting, and then back down to five, and then back up to seven, and it's just like. It's the cycle. 
It's just it, – it's less for speed. It's more for uh, endurance purposes. Getting the heart rate up. <laughs> yeah. That's good work, though. I, I, I'm, that's good work. That's good stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a good runner, but, uh, you yeah, gotta, burn the calories. <laughs> you gotta burn the calories. You gotta keep that endurance up somehow as much as it pains me. Yeah, that's fair. But, um, that's our whole new section. It was pretty short. It was a short new section for the day. Only four pieces, but now we get into the, the beef, the meat and cheese of the episode here. Um, episode Hondo, like we said, we've been teasing it for a while. 10 good takes, 10 bad takes. Our best and our worst takes since in the past 100 episodes, which is interesting because, as you know, we say it every episode, we keep receipts. We always talk about receipts. We, we know what we do. We, you know, we keep track of, of our episodes because we post them all on the Instagram. We'll look back on the Instagram and be like, that was really good. That was really bad. Um, and we kind of we, we, we got stuff written here for it. So a lot of the stuff you've probably already heard, but we're going to go maybe a little bit deeper in it a bit. Just We'll, we'll, we'll give you our insights on it here. Our 10 best and our 10 worst takes. Just gonna just reminder, they may not all be that bad or all that good. Just because ten is a lot. Not every take that's wrong is a bad take. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It has to go terribly wrong or be a very very bold take that came, that went wrong. And but I, I will say disclaimer for me: my bad takes are a lot worse than my good takes are good. Like <laughs> my good takes are like no, no, that was a good take. Like that that came true. My some of my bad takes are like. Ooh, that aged poorly. Mm-hmm. And like I was telling Joe, a lot of my bad takes are like comically bad, to where it's like they didn't just go wrong; <laughs> they went wrong in a way that's like comical, almost. So it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I figure we're, we'll we'll go one good pick and one bad pick per turn. And I think I'll get us started off here. So yes, my sir. good pick, my good pick, and this this is tenth on my list for good picks because it wasn't that crazy. Um. And, you know, it was like, it, it came true. It was in a season award prediction that came true. But, you know, it kind of was one that um, we kind of expected to come true. But it was a big, I said at the beginning of the season, for the season, and it came true. Uh, you know, Chase Young, defensive rookie of the year. Um, that, that's it. You know, I, you know, we kind of expected it to happen. So it wasn't that crazy of a pick. But it was an early season award prediction. So I figured, you know, I figured I'd throw it in here. That was... It's still, you know, when you predicted a season early and it comes true as, a, as an award, that, that, that was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that one. But to couple that with another with a bad one, um, we did an episode or a, kind of a, a mini series of episodes where we did tier lists of players for the next season. It wasn't our top 10. It was a tier list. So we would do like superstar, star, above average, average, and like bad. Mm-hmm. And um, this is one. This is a player that I put in in the star category. Oh, I know this is. I know this is. A player that I thought <laughs> was going to be star this year. It turned out awful. Um, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was awful. Um, oh my goodness! I had him as a star. I thought he would have a bounce back season in Atlanta with Matty Ice, and just I I knew he had this the arthritis, but I thought that he was still going to be good. 678 yards, nine touchdowns, three and a half yards per carry. 3.5 <laughs> yards per carry is like bottom, like fifth of the league. Like, that's awful. For a starting running back, a workhorse <laughs> running back, Todd Gurley, that is awful. He has he got some good volume, too. Back. Yeah. Yeah, he got, he got a lot of volume. And like, he, you got to think, <laughs> we're like two months into the offseason, and he still has not been signed. 
And that's not like Richard Sherman, where he could have been signed by now, but he's waiting for like the right situation. I don't think Todd Gurley. I don't. I'm not sure Todd Gurley has an offer yet. Like <laughs> Todd Gurley may have not been offered a single contract yet. I, he's not a star. That was a very bad take. Todd Gurley is the farthest thing from a star, and this is what I mean. Like my my tenth good pick wasn't all that good, but my my tenth worst pick was very bad. You'll see yeah. a lot of bad takes, not so many good takes. But my bet, tenth best pick, Chase Young, defensive rookie of the year, tenth worst. Todd Gurley is a star this season. Yeah, um, I'm. I think I also had Todd Gurley pretty high in that. Um, and I also had Chase Young as my uh, my winner, so that could be there. I did exclude those for. I don't know. I just thought there were ones that were better. So I, I do have to say. These I just rank I like just put down ten things that were good, ten good takes and ten bad takes and then I just rank them like right before this episode, so they, I didn't really put in a lot of thought to ranking them. But you'll get the you'll get the general gist. Mm-hmm. So my t- tenth best take I'd say I got the Jags record prediction right on the right on the dot. I had them as one of fifteen. Um, if I remember correctly, I think you did disagree with that take. So uh, the receipts are being kept. You know that's fair though. One of fifteen is pretty bad, and then they won Week One versus a team, the Colts, that we both thought was pretty good. And I was like, "All right, there's one that's already pretty much gone. There's no way they lose fifteen straight." And they did; they lost fifteen straight. So that's <laughs> they made up for it with, yeah. with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's. I mean, honestly, maybe it, it, losing fifteen straight is a rough for a fan, but at least at the end of the season, you know you're going to get one of the best QB prospects in like the past decade. So. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a you know that's not a crazy good take. I was I was gonna have it higher because I was like I just got one right on the dot. But then you told me you had like four, so I obviously like I went through and I, I had three checked up like all the ones that seemed right. One off that whole team. I had three. I had three yeah. on the dot, but two of them were kind of lame. Like the I had the Saints at twelve and four, and it was like really the Saints. You everyone was either saying like twelve and four, or thirteen and three for the most part. And then the Lions, 5-11. and 11. It was like you could say 5-11 and 11 or like 6-10. and 10. And I had like a yeah. 50% shot on either of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I was I was one off on a, on a bunch. Uh, but yeah, that's the one I have right on. And then, <laughs> see, yeah, this is the same with me. My 10th bet worst day, I just put offensive line list. So this is this is a running joke. <laughs> and this could definitely be a lot higher. Oh, my goodness. The, our, our offensive line, top 10 offensive linemen list, that episode is – as bad as it could have got for me. I think looking back at it, I probably would have changed every single ranking. It was like, it's really bad. I know I have, I have Brooks, Brandon Brooks from the Eagles over, um, Quentin Nelson. Yeah, number one. Yeah. I, I, thing is, I went, I went strictly off of PFF grades and he had the highest PFF grade. So I was like, all right, there you go. Number one. You know, I didn't, I didn't really like put in a lot of the, this was, it was a late night episode. I was, it's a late night episode. And that was it was really late night. That was like a 3 a.m. episode. Yeah, imagine it was fun we had at 3 a.m. discussing our top 10 offensive linemen. Yeah, trust it was it was a rough episode, and my list was really rough. Your list isn't that bad, but my list is like like comically awful. If you like, everything is just bad. Listening to the episode, it's really not. It's not a good. It's not a good. (laughs) It's not a good um, episode for me. I'm saying wacky stuff that really didn't make much sense. It was just all about PFF grades, as I said. You know, definitely one of my worst things I've ever, like, full episode. 
episodes I put out. That's why I just included it in one because I could have one through ten could have just been every single yeah, pick I made. Been, I could have been, you know, your ten bad picks. Yeah, that was a pretty fun. I I do remember that. I I didn't mind mine. Um, there was definitely some stuff I would have changed. Yours was just funny. Just looking like just every once in a while, I look like if I'm looking back and I see the line when it's just it's kind of funny. It's just the if you don't know that's just a running joke. We. That's just been a running joke forever. Is the, the offensive line list? Like, that was a, such a lame. Like I don't know if we could have had a lamer idea concept of the top ten offensive linemen, and then couple it with us like murmuring and like being super tired because it's three in the morning. And, like, oh my goodness, that was a terrible episode. And then that, if I had to put a pin on it, that's probably our worst episode. It has to be right. Like I can't think of an episode that would be worse. Yeah, I have to. I have to agree with you. My wife is kicking a little bit now, so I don't know what you're saying, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I, I get the gist. So, yeah, offensive line list, really bad takes. Um, Jack's record prediction was rounded out. So that's a pretty good take. And that's that's my first. That's my top, my tens there. All right, all right. Nine. Moving on to nine for me. My ninth best one um, was from the – our um, like bold predictions for every team, like our season bold predictions for every team. For the Detroit Lions, um, my prediction is that TJ Hawkinson went for 700-plus yards. Um, TJ Hawkinson is his second year in the league. His first year, he showed promise, but he only went for like 300 yards or something. Like He was injured. Things looked really bad for TJ Hawkinson. I said I thought he was going to go for 700 yards. He did the gist. He came out here this season at 723 yards. So I barely made the cut, but I made the cut. Um, it was a good prediction. TJ Hawkins, 700 yards, solidified himself as one of the better veterans uh, in football this season and uh, looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. So that was just a good one, a stat prediction that it was very close, but I got right. So it was very close to the actual thing, which was good. Um, in my ninth worst take, Julio Jones leads the league in receiving yards. Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to lead the league in receiving yards. I really did. Um, he ended up being. 41st in the league in receiving yards. <laughs> um, I said number one. He said number 41. He had 771 yards. So I thought he was going to be number one. And uh, boy, was I mistaken. Calvin Ridley um, outpaced him in yards by like four, 500 yards. A very large margin. Like, it, it, it was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. That was, a, that was a bad one. I thought he'd be number one with like 1,400 yards. He was number 41 with 700. It was bad. Yeah. But yeah, T. it Johnson was ugly. Was a Seven hundred. Julio Jones barely had more yards than T.J. Hawkinson. <laughs> My bad pick. So. so I um I had the very the same exact take, um but I just didn't think like looking back at it like it wasn't a bad prediction at the time like it was pretty much a consensus that like everyone thought he was gonna have a good year this year and he didn't so like I don't know like, like at the time it didn't seem like a like so bad like. A lot of these picks, like even at the time, were really bad, and looking back at them, turned out really bad. So, <clears throat> so I didn't include that on my list. So there's another difference, but I very easily could have put that on there because, as you mentioned, that's a it was it was a rough take at the moment, but pretty much, like a, it was a, a wide variety like of people that thought uh, William Jones was having a good year um, this year. So did MMG. MMG thought he was gonna like be the leader in the NFL or whatever. It it, it didn't work out. Injuries were rough. His hamstrings and stuff. I drafted. I drafted him in fantasy, and he let me down, to say the least. <laughs> um, so my number nine bad take. I I um, predicted that Kareem Hunt would request a trade uh, midseason 
and be traded. Yeah, I remember at the time I said, I want to say he gets traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't make that the official prediction, but I did say it could have happened. It didn't happen. He actually got re-signed like two days later and uh, to a like a three-year deal or whatever. So it was, it's a, it was a rough take. It was really bold, but it was just like bold to the point where it's just kind of stupid and it didn't work out um, obviously. And so <laughs> I, I think Kareem Hunt like is just in a, in a situation where Nick Chubb is like just a, a little bit better than him, but he takes away so much. Like I feel like any, any other situation had be a number one running back. I think Kareem Hunt's really, really good, but um, I do you have to agree. Kareem I'm, Hunt's a beast. But so is Nick Chubb. So. Yeah, Nick Chubb's like better, but not like so much better. Like right now they're in this like weird split carry stage where neither of them are producing like absurdly good, but they probably could another situation like if they didn't have the other one there. If you know where I'm coming from, as but Nick Chubb is producing a lot. He's still even though he's not getting a million touches a game, he's still doing really well. Hunt is doing pretty good. But not as good as he could in other situations. Then, <clears throat> my number nine, good take. I predicted Yannick Ngaku to be signed by the Raiders, and that was one of my very few um, signings. I'm pretty sure that might have been my only signing. That wasn't a re-signing. That came true from our free agent prediction series. We, we I think we went three episodes there, and uh, I'm pretty sure that was the only one that happened. <laughs> it's pretty... Those are pretty out there. That was a pretty good prediction. It, it was. It was pretty out there at the moment. I don't think many people thought that was going to happen, but it did. And I, I mean, it's a good prediction. I mean, yeah, like I said, it happened. It was a good fit. I saw it from the stat wise, and I, I just clicked in my head. I don't. I don't think you thought. Who do you predict them to? Um, I want to say Detroit, but I don't remember. I think I predicted him to. I don't. I don't know if I remember. I might have been re-signed. I don't actually remember where I put it. Yannick. No, Bills. I right. Buffalo. Bills. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely a, a pretty solid pick there, Yannick, to the to the Raiders. Um, probably warranting of nine. That's a properly rated take. Um, then the Hunt requests a trade. Very bold at the moment, and it's like it was very bold. It's like it wasn't really like a high percentage chance that's going to happen just because it's really kind of out there that he was going to request a trade and uh, be traded. So yeah. it's so not like a huge deal. That's what happens. Like bold takes, you either like you hit and, it, and you look really good or you miss and it's just a bad take. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's so, the name of the game on, on our mm-hmm. show. Yeah, but. definitely. <laughs> Some of these make us look like geniuses and other of these make us look like we were just guessing. True, true. Um my eighth good take. Um, this is a this is a pretty good one for me. Um, both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett go for over a thousand yards. Oh yeah, um, that turned out correct. Uh, DK Metcalf went for thirteen hundred three yards. Tyler Lockett went for one thousand fifty four yards. Um, that was a good take. You know, it wasn't like out of the ballpark because Lockett went for a thousand last year, and DK showed striking potential that he could um, for sure. Um, so it wasn't crazy out of the realm of possibility. It just, you know, it just came down to like, hey, it's not, we, it's not often that you see a pair of thousand yard teammates. Just that doesn't happen too often. So it's just kind of came down to how good you think DK could have been. And I even I wasn't very high on DK. 
personally. Like even last season, I was not that high on DK, but I still had him over going over a thousand. I had both of them over a thousand, and and it came true. So I, that was a pretty good one. Wasn't anything mm-hmm. absolutely crazy, but uh, it turned out right. So I like that. And That's my it. Bad I, was, take, I was wrong. I did. Pre- I didn't think I. Uh, I think I disagreed with that take. Um, yeah. So I, I take kudos that that was a good take, and it turned out well. So was, good, like good job. <laughs> But my, my bad take, my eighth worst take, Kevin Byard leads the league in interceptions. Um, he was he, – he's led the league in interceptions like twice in his career already. Um, he's an absolute ball hawk. He had like eight picks one season and like seven the other, and I believe he led the league in picks both those years. And I thought he would do it this year. He had one interception, one, and it was in like week 15. So like he went the whole season basically without an interception. Like the whole time, I was like, "Come on, Kevin, do something." Up until like week fifteen, he did nothing in terms of interceptions. It was a rough year for the entire Titans secondary, but Kevin Byard especially, their former All Pro safety. He got one pick. I predicted him to lead the league, and in today's league, lead the league, you need like at least probably like eight. In generally, you need like eight picks to lead the league generally, and he had one. So this year, Howard had ten, which was crazy, but Byard had one. So that was a very, very, very bad pick. So my eighth best one, DK and Tyler Lockett, both go for over 1,000. My eighth worst, Kevin Byard leads the league in picks. <clears throat> yeah, those, those are both. Um, I, I did The DK and Lockett one, that was a good take, I must admit. I, at the time, I was, I was I feel like I was, if I remember correctly, I was kind of clowning on you for a little bit. But, uh, oh, maybe. maybe. Maybe, maybe. At eight, my eighth best take. I said Robbie Anderson would have a surprisingly good year. He went out and was like top five in uh, he was like top five in receiving yards for a large portion of the year. He fell off a little bit towards the end, but that's you know a lot of production there. He increased his route tree. We talked about the slot. He was pretty much all the deep. He ran all the deep routes uh, in New in New York. Then he moved to the Panthers. Uh, they had him run some more immediate routes. He really flourished with Teddy Bridgewater in their center. And you know I'm. As a as a pretty big Robbie Anderson fan, I was happy to see it happen, and um, that goes along with my with my Panthers predictions that are are higher on the they aren't good though. <laughs> but that was a good take about from the Panthers that Robbie Anderson was going to go out shot this year and have I said surprisingly good year. Um, so I must you know definitely definitely not a bad take. Yeah, yeah, and then fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at eight, my eighth worst take, I said Vance McDonald was a top 10 tight end in a moment of complete and utter biasy. I put him at number 10 on the list above the likes of Pro Bowl tight ends and like a a lot of good tight ends. I know um, in particular there was, uh, who was it? Um, The the Giants tight end. That was the Pro Bowl. Evan Ingram. I. I don't really like Evan Ingram that much. I don't think I, I had him like above Evan Ingram and whatever whatever. You know, a lot of biasy there. It was a bad take. He didn't he went out this year and really wasn't much of a receiving threat at all as Aaron saw the field. <laughs> yeah. He saw it and he just got too nervous, you know. Um he was a good blocker, but you know, you you have to expect that. That's a lot of biasy there. Um so definitely not, you know. Could have been worse, and it's not like my like tenth tight end like 
there was certainly a lot of players that could have been in front of him, but like no one's expecting like Robert Tunyon to, to like go out and ball mm-hmm. like he did this year. So like it's not crazy bad, um, but it was it was bad. And even at the moment, you were like that's that's pretty biased. <laughs> I had to agree. Um, so that, that's at eight. I had Robbie Anderson with a surprisingly good year, and then bad Vince McDonald, top ten tight end. Yeah, yeah. Um, seven for me. Um, I had. My main man, one of my favorite corners, J.C. Jackson, is a top becomes a top ten corner, and this is one that you can't really say. You can't you can't be like he is or he isn't. He he's not like the number one corner in the league or anything. But in my opinion, and maybe I'm a little biased just because I love the guy, but I believe that came true. I believe J.C. Jackson is a top ten corner right now. I think that came true. Um, he he finished the season with forty tackles, nine interceptions, and fourteen passes defended. So he was a single, a, a single interception off of the the league lead in interceptions, and he was just like, like three or so, like three or four, um, off of the lead in passes defended. So and like really, the, the stats are there, and this is two years in a row of him having like a plus stats. My man, JC. And I'm not saying this is one that is still opinionated. It was opinionated at the time. This is still an opinionated take now. But in my professional opinion, I think JC Jackson is a top 10 corner. I think I got that one right. Um, but then my seventh worst one, and this is one that I can't, I can't blame myself, but it was still bad. Like, this isn't my fault, but it's still a bad pick. Um, I said Nick Bosa would have 13 sacks, 13 plus sacks. And, you know, I can't blame myself for it because I, how was I supposed to know that he was going to tear his ACL? But this is one that's kind of funny because I predicted him to have 13 plus sacks and he had zero. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's just kind of funny. Uh, obviously, I couldn't predict it. It's not like I, 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 there was no way for me to know that Nick Bosa would tear his ACL. But nonetheless, it was horribly wrong. And it is, it is kind of comical. So uh, my seventh best, JC Jackson becomes a top 10 corner. My seventh worst, Nick Bosa has 13 plus sacks. So my my seventh best, Jefferson. I said Justin Jefferson would have 850 plus yards <clears throat> and have a good rookie year, pretty much. He went out, uh, blew me away with that plus. He was he was a lot more than plus. <laughs> I know you. This. this is something I remember in particular. I always for some reason I remember, and I, I it's helping me out. I can keep receipts here. I don't know. You, I if, actually I can't. I can neither confirm. Um, I can't really confirm any of these hundred percent because it has been a while since a lot we had since we recorded these episodes. I'm pretty sure you said he would not have 850 yards. I don't know. Um, I don't. But, you know, I, can't I do have a Justin Jefferson take on my list somewhere. You'll see. But I don't remember yeah. if I said he would have 850. Okay, I don't know. Um, but either way, he had a really good year. Went out. Was one of the best. He was the best rookie wide receiver. Um, a top 10 wide receiver this year stat wise. So definitely, definitely a good take that, I, that he was a good year. <laughs> um, and then my seventh worst take, I said that Tyra Taylor will play all 16 games this year as the starter for the chargers. Um, he played like four, maybe, and then was injured. And then when he came back, they were like, and Herbert's way better. <laughs> so um, he kept out as the backup. Pretty much, pretty, pretty bad take there. Definitely. Definitely on the on the comical level, as far as you know, we on the situation where he got stabbed in in his lung by the trainers he, or whatever. The, the, the trainers punctured his lung. Uh, yeah, gave him some like shot. Yeah, because his he had like rib problems or like, he was like he like cracked a rib or something. 
Yeah, so they, they were trying to like yeah, but they were trying to put some sort of painkiller up in there, and he they got him in his they punctured his lung, so certainly a a bad situation for him. Um, but it worked out for Justin Jefferson. It's a funny funny situation, and it was a bad take by me. So definitely definitely warranting of the of the seventh spot. So my seventh worst take: Tyrod Taylor plays the full sixteen game season, and uh, then Jefferson Jeff Justin Jefferson has eight hundred fifty plus yards. As the, right. the best, good, good. My sixth, uh, my sixth best, is that the Colts would go eleven and five and make the playoffs. Um, that was a correct prediction. Um, though I did have the Colts while winning the division at eleven and five. They actually did not win the division, but they went eleven and five and made the playoffs, which was correct. And that was good, just because they they were pretty bad the uh, the previous season. Um, they were not a very good football team before they, you know, they, they had Brissett starting the year. Brissett started the whole year or was the starter, quote unquote, because of the Andrew Luck retirement. They were a very bad football team. Saying they were 11 and 5 just by adding really Phillip Rivers was a bit of a stretch, you know, a little bit. And with Xavier Rhodes, who looked very washed up, they traded for Buckner, which a lot of people didn't really think was a good move. But, you know, I, I was high on the Colts. I think you were high on the Colts as well. Um, I said 11-5 for them. Uh, I, was, I was pretty confident in it. And, and I said they made the playoffs, and they came out, and they proved me right. So Colts at 11-5 mm-hmm. was a pretty good – that was my sixth best. Um, and my sixth worst is another record prediction that I got terribly wrong. I said that the Los Angeles Rams would go 6-10. and 10, And they proved me wrong and went 10-6 and six and won a playoff game. <laughs> um, so holy moly, did they prove me wrong? Because I never in a million years could have predicted that defense to be the best in the league. Never, mm-hmm. never would I have predicted that. Robert Williams, for one, had an awful year, like really bad the year before. He he put up like like six hundred yards and like was just bad. So it's like okay, Robert Williams might be washed, right? There's no Gurley, and who was I to know that Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown and mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson would just like combine to be like an actual good rushing team? Who would have mm-hmm. thought, right? Um, yeah. Fun. The defense, it was just so top-heavy. I didn't see how it could work. I didn't see how a defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey at the time, a bunch of scrubs would work. But then all of a sudden, here comes John Johnson out of nowhere. That's just all of a sudden a beast. Troy Hill yeah. is a beast now. Darius Williams is a beast now. Like, all these players, notably in the secondary, they just came out and all of a sudden start absolutely going beast mode and are all of a sudden, like, great players. And it's like holy moly, like they they went from a six and ten team in my eyes last in their division to a ten and six team, like holy mm-hmm. cow! So I, I got that one horribly wrong. Uh, I will admit to that. So my my sixth best take: Colts go eleven and five and make the playoffs. My sixth worst take: Rams go six and ten and miss the playoffs. Yeah, um, I also had the Rams doing pretty bad this year, <clears throat> but I. The record predictions I took like with less plus heed. We made those episodes really early. We were we were still getting into the the groove of these, making uh, making takes and whatnot. So uh-huh. <laughs> that's fair. So at, at six, my sixth worst take. I said that Ryan Tannehill was over um, overrated. I guess this is an, is one that I have a little bit. Uh, this is a little bit opinion based because as the year went on, my respect grew for Ryan Tannehill. I'm I consider myself a little bit of a Ryan Tannehill fan nowadays. Um, the contract is still big, and I wish you'd not pay him so much. But it's not like it's not overly large, you know. Ten hills worst. That's a worst. 
Okay. Um, because I said that was overrated. So, so yeah. I, so now I disagree. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is overrated. I think he's a really good quarterback. Um, definitely a little bit overpaid, but I'm not going to go there. He put up really solid stats this year, and um. Even with, you know, everyone's always going to say, you know, you're getting carried by Derrick Henry, and to an extent you are, but he's also going out and playing really well, and I think they complement each other to an extent, opening up the the passing game and opening up the running game uh, there for mm-hmm. each other. Then my sixth best take was, I'm just going to, some of my playoff predictions. So I predicted the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl over the Chiefs after a whole entire season. Um, of predicting the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and I predicted John Wolford and the Rams to go in and upset the Seahawks in um, the playoffs. So those are two good playoff predictions. A lot of them didn't turn out as I uh, I helped the Steelers win on the first round. Um, the I predicted the Ravens to beat the Bills, but that was a fifty-fifty matchup. So I like I wasn't gonna really <laughs> put to put that one on there, even though that was a pretty good playoff prediction. Um, so my sixth best take is my playoff predictions. Some of my playoff predictions, because some of them didn't go well, as I said. And then my sixth worst was that I said Ryan Tannehill was overrated, and uh, now my opinion has changed. Yeah, yeah. So um, my fifth best was a, was a pretty good one, actually. I, I like this one, and I was surprised that it came to fruition, actually. Um, I said that Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup would all go for over 700 yards. And I'm surprised that that came after the Dak Prescott injury. I was fully, um, fully confident that that would not come to fruition, and it ended up still coming to fruition with Andy Dalton. Amari uh, Cooper went for 1114 yards. Michael Gallup went for 843, and Ceedee Lamb went for 935. Um, and I want to say I'm not going to Dak Prescott. I predicted him to lead the league in passing yards. That is not on my bad take list. It is not <laughs> because um, he, he was fully believed. Yeah, I fully believe that if he didn't get hurt, he would have. And it would have been probably number one on my list of best takes. Yeah, but that was a good take. But um, anyway, Amari, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, all went for 700 with Andy Dalton. A star-studded offense. Um, crazy stuff there. And that, that was a good take. And you said your your sixth pick was that – your sixth worst was that Ryan Tannehill was overrated. Uh, my fifth worst pick is that uh, I had Ryan Tannehill on the overrated list. Um, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill was my fourth over fourth overrated player. Um, he, he finished the season 3,819 yards and 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So a very, very good touchdown-to-interception ratio, ratio for him. Over a three to one touchdown interception ratio. That's that's crazy stuff. Um, very good. He's just a really good player. I like what you said. Mm-hmm. You know, just compliment. You, people say he gets carried by Derrick Henry, but I think it's more of a complimentary relationship, right? Derrick Henry's the better player, but Derrick Henry's rushing opens up the play action game for Ryan Tannehill to AJ Brown and at the time Corey Davis. And the threat of the play action game is what is uh, you know a lot of times able to get. Derrick Henry a lot more yards, and they're able to try to. It's, it's tough to commit to one or the other. So I, I think Tannehill is a very good player, very efficient football player at this point, and I think that was, I think that was a bad take to call him overrated. So my my fifth best, Mari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, and Gallup all go for seven hundred plus. Fifth worst, Tanny is uh, overrated. Yeah, I had my channel is the number one overrated player in the NFL. I didn't. notebook, but I, it's not. Like listed out, so I had a list out on here. So I, that's definitely <laughs> not definitely a, 
a great a take I regret making. Um, so <clears throat> my fifth best take is that in my um, my my wide receiver tier list, I had Devontae Adams as a superstar. Um, and some people think he was just going to be a star. He went out, had a crazy good year, <laughs> and um, led the league in receiving touchdowns. Just absolute stud. Um, thought I really kind of thought he, uh, he could have won Offensive Player of the Year. And I, I, you know, Derek Henry was a fair choice. But I think Devonta Adams would have also made a lot of sense. Um, so I think that was definitely a good take to have him up there as a superstar. I guess it wasn't that bold, but, you know, it's a good take. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> I apologize there. My fifth worst take, I just put Broncos because I had a lot of bad Broncos takes. But um, most notably, uh, I thought they were going to be 10 and 6. Uh, I thought they were going to have the Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Oh, man. Uh, I thought Von Miller, I had number, Von Miller as my number three uh, on ball linebacker at the beginning of the season. A lot of bad Broncos takes. I don't know where I was coming from with those, uh, especially the award predictions. Like, none of those really made a, a whole ton of sense. I Jerry Judy made sense. And Nick Fangio, because mm. I thought they would have a good record, and he was like, you know, like he was the coach of a team that was a lot improved, then that would make some sense. Some sense. But then I go way too far and I give Von Miller the defensive player of the year. Um, so it's it's a rough, it was a rough it was a rough time for me and the Broncos this year. <clears throat> Especially I also said um that Drew Locke was going to have a breakout year. Uh, he did not do that. <laughs> he was injured some, and then he was extremely turnover-prone the other times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Melvin Gordon. You know, yeah, I said Melvin Gordon was going to be a big free agency bust, and I had to fuss up at the end of the year and give him Offensive Player of the Year. And um, <laughs> it, was, it, was a rough, it was a rough set of time there for me and the Broncos. So I, I could have him higher, but, like... You know, they are the the top the ones from this on up can get a lot worse. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's really. that shows up there. So my thinking number five, it, like not just thinking about it before, I I thought you were gonna have some of the Broncos stuff in your number one. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm interested to see the rest of your stuff then. I don't remember yeah, a lot of other ones. I just remember all the Broncos. I what do I have? That? Okay, um, yeah, it's. It gets pretty. It gets pretty bad. So we'll we'll see as we go on here. So my number five best take: Devonta Adams as a superstar in my tier list. And then my number five worst take was Bron like just a slew of Broncos takes. I don't know how you're gonna put that uh, on we'll that Instagram out. post if you decide to post this. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> um, so my fourth best best take on the last 100 episodes. Was uh, I said the Dolphins would have a top ten defense in the league this year, and that was a bit of a of a taboo pick. You know what I mean? Uh, Howard missed the last season. Nobody really thought he was going to come back and be that great. I think we had people in the comments yelling at me about that actually, if if I remember correctly. Um, but they definitely were a top ten defense, and um, like I said, like I always say, the best defenses are opportunistic. They create takeaways. Um, they were the third best team in terms of turnover differential with a plus nine. They led the league in interceptions, were tied for the league, league lead in interceptions with 18. And they were number one in the league in total takeaways with 29. Um, and they were smothering defense. They were like number, 
They were number one in the league in terms of points per game allowed the whole season up until the last week of the season where they got, or like the second to last week of the season where they got molly whopped by Kansas City. Um, they were they were leading the league in, in points per games, and then and then the Rams overtook them. But they were a very good defense, and that carried them to a ten and six record. It's kind of it's kind of a shame that a ten and six record um, didn't get them into the playoffs. Still, but um, that led like their offense was a little bit lackluster for the majority of the season, and that that defense really carried them there. So I said they'd be a top ten defense. They got some hate for it, and it carried them to a, a well winning record. Um, yes, sir. And then my fourth worst take. Um, was pretty bad. The Eagles, I said the Eagles would go 11 and 5 and be the third seed in the playoffs. They were 4 and 11 and 1, the worst team in their division. Carson Wentz looked awful. Um everything about that take went wrong. <laughs> like there were two parts of that take. They both went absolutely opposite of what I thought. The Eagles looked absolutely awful in every facet of the game. More injuries, the roster turnover, the, this, that, whatever else. The Eagles looked just playing out awful this year. So my fourth best take, um, the Dolphins have a top 10 defense. My fourth worst take, the Eagles go 11-5 and and are the third seed in the playoffs. <clears throat> yeah, good takes and bad takes. Yeah, this is this is definitely, this is a, I'm having a fun time here. I really am. This is really fun to hear about our old takes um, and the thought presses that the things that we're thinking about at the time and a little bit more as the season went on and we, uh, the, the, our takes came to fruition one way or another. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's a fun time for sure. So my fourth best take, I had Deshaun Watson as a superstar. Um, and I had a take about him having a very good year. Um, he ended up leading the uh, league in passing yards was an absolute superstar. Of course, you know things happen, and I'm not. We're not going to get into that, of course. But on the field, Deshaun Watson was an absolute superstar this year. Had a career year, and all that with such subpar uh, help around him. So it's <laughs> it's it was a really good it was a really good year for for Deshaun Watson, obviously. And I predicted that. Um, so that's. You know, a lot of people didn't think he could do without just D Hop and without all the the help he had around him, and he did it. <laughs> and he he really put the he team did. on his back. It was always sad to see him after the game because he'd be sitting there all kind of sad, towel on his head, you know, after playing yeah. his heart out and just getting destroyed. <laughs> um, yeah. My fourth fourth worst take: I had JJ Watt as the number two edge rusher in the NFL coming into this year. He, JJ Watt certainly played like pretty good this year. He was not, he was not the second best in the NFL. It wasn't really even close. I was, I was out there kind of just, just throwing things around, you know, hoping it brings back some of that vintage JJ Watt. <laughs> um, and it didn't come, it did not come to fruition this year. There was a, like, you know, JJ Watt was no bum this year, but. He would, at the very best, he was an above-average edge defender um, with a few flashy plays here and there just because he's J.J. Watt, and, you know, that's going to happen. But mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, it's a bad take. Um, by no means is that a good take. Yep, uh, that wasn't <laughs> – he had, like, five sacks on the year, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. 
not awful, but um, not number two edge rusher in the league material for sure. Um, the number three best take is where I get into my Justin Jefferson take. Um, I said Justin Jefferson would be finished the season as one of the best wide receiver twos in football, and I believe I was correct. I believe he is the best wide receiver two in football currently if you consider him a wide receiver two and not a wide receiver one. Um, uh, you say he, he could have won rookie of the year, the best rookie wide receiver by a mile, um, put up 1,400 receiving yards. Man was an absolute monster. Oh, he, he was a beast. He was a beast. Um, I don't know. I might have disagreed with you for the 850 yards. I don't remember, but um, he blew that out of the water. <laughs> yeah. No, and, now you make me think, and I don't, I don't want to slander and keep false receipts. So maybe, I, maybe I'll go back and check, but <clears throat> I always say I'll go back and I never do. So I don't, know. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> I said he'd be one of the best wide receiver twos, and I was correct about that. That's all that counts for me. Um, and my third worst was one that I mentioned to Joe um, before the episode started. The one that I talked about. Um, Carson Wentz starts all sixteen games plus the playoffs. This was kind of a two and one take because it would imply uh, at the time I I made this take referring to he wouldn't get injured. That, that was my take, that he wasn't going to get injured. Um, and by no means did I ever think he was going to get benched. And not only did I say that, I also said plus playoffs. Like saying that like it was a given that the Eagles are going to make the playoffs and that Carson Wentz, and my take was that he would start in the playoffs and wouldn't be hurt for them. Well, Carson Wentz didn't start all 16 games. He got benched. He, he didn't get hurt. He got benched, which was something I never even thought of. And then to add insult to injury, they missed the playoffs by a, a mile. <laughs> so that just made me look even worse. Like and that was like that was like you made me look stupid, and then while I was lying on the ground, you spit on my eye. Like that was an awful, awful take. He started twelve games. Jalen Hurts started the the remaining four, and they obviously missed the playoffs. So it, it was an awful. It was an awful take in all regards. Um, yeah. that, that's one of the ones I was referring to when I said some of my takes were, were comically awful. That was definitely one of them. So my third best take, Justin Jefferson, one of the league's best wide receiver twos. My third worst take, Carson Wentz starts all 16 games and playoffs. Um, this is where my takes, all my bad takes, <clears throat> go to a different level of, of really bad takes. Mm. My third worst take... For 100 episodes in, Shady McCoy would be the number one running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is so bad. For one, <clears throat> he was signed. There was no, When we made the episode, there was no Leonard Fournette. But this is – I thought he'd come in and be, like, so much better than Leonard Fournette that he'd, like, just take snaps away and would be that much better. He, for one, even without Leonard Fournette, he never took a – like, he never stepped on the field. Like at, like at all, like he was active for the Super Bowl, but he never got on the field. He was just out there for fun. <laughs> I, I know, I'm not sure. I, he might have been out there when they took the kneels kneel downs at the end. So maybe that, but he never. I think he was. That's not. I'm pretty sure I saw like past two. I'm pretty sure I saw a bunch of things like past two seasons. Shady McCoy, two rings, <laughs> zero snaps. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. That, that, that was funny. Yeah. So at the time, even at the time, this is a weird take because Shady McCoy has been on, has not like played a single game in like two years, and I just think he's gonna show up and ball out. Like he was pretty much there from like 
to get a ring. <laughs> okay, this is a side note. Do you think Shady McCoy is a Hall of Famer? Just off the top of your head. Ooh. Off the top of my head, no. But if I thought into it, maybe. I because you think you think like right now we know that his two Super Bowls aren't that meaningful just because he didn't really do anything. But also, yeah. like eight eight years from now, we're not going to look back and be like, "Well, he didn't really do much in the Super Bowls." We're going to see two time Super Bowl champ. Yeah, and we're going to be like, "Oh, he's an all decade after- all decade team running back with with two Super Bowl wins." Maybe mm-hmm. I think he'll be he'll be another one like Edelman, or like I does he deserve it? Maybe not, but like eight years from now, there'll be a weak class and they'll throw Shady in the Hall of Fame. I think Shady McCoy is. I love Shady McCoy. I like Shane McCoy went to Pitt, so I know a lot about Shane McCoy. <clears throat> but you know, the the <laughs> me liking Shady McCoy maybe was a little bit too biased for this pick, and this was a, a clearly at the time and clearly now was a, a horrible pick, one of my worst of all time. Definitely warranting top three. Um, now my third best take was <clears throat> that Jalen Ramsey would be in the best cornerback in the NFL conversation again. Um, he's well within the number one. Though, like, There's conversations about Jalen Ramsey being the number one cornerback com- in the NFL. He went out and balled out this year. Um, him versus Devontae Adams is a, you know, that the one play they caught the, touch- caught the touchdown on him. I really don't think that was his fault. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't. <laughs> We we all yeah. talk about that. Like Devontae Adams, like made Jalen Ramsey his son. No, he didn't. That wasn't Ramsey's fault on that play. And other than that, he like had like two catches for like twenty yards. <laughs> so I'm not saying yeah. any. And Jalen Ramsey, I think Jalen Ramsey's you know obviously a really good cornerback. Definitely, I see things of like who's the best cornerback in the NFL, and the majority of the time, he is in the the list up there with. Um, you know, there's still Stefan Gilmore and, you know, maybe Travis White or whoever you want to put in there. So I think I think that's a fair a fair take, definitely good. At the time, like I don't know, people I feel a lot of people were starting to call him overrated and whatever. Almost mm-hmm. to the point where it's a little bit underrated. I definitely think Jalen Ramsey's really good. And he's he's one of those guys that he he talks smack and uh it's a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, I'm a big Jalen Ramsey sure. guy. So my number third worst take, Shady McCoy and his, um, and my thinking he would be the number but one running back for the Buccaneers. And my number three, uh, good take, Jalen Ramsey in number one cornerback conversation. Yeah. I like Ramsey too. I'm, I'm a fan of guys that smack talk if they can back it up. I love, I love Jalen Ramsey. I like Draymond Green. I love Larry Bird, but if you're a guy that talks smack and you're not that good, I really don't like you. Like Jared Dudley, screw Jared Dudley. Talk smack when he sucks. Just <laughs> just side note. But my number two best my number two best pick um, of the last one hundred episodes is kind of a double pick, right? And you'll you'll get what I mean. So I said earlier Bud Dupree would not re-sign with the Steelers. And he would sign to Tennessee. So the thing was Ooh. it's it's a double take. It's a double take for me. And it's not that like his signing in Tennessee that we just did like a month ago was like the one of my like my one of my second best takes. But the thing was, back in the day, when I said that he's not gonna get re-signed to Pittsburgh to the Pittsburgh Steelers before the season, I made a small mention that I thought 
he might go to Tennessee. I made a small mm-hmm. mention on that episode, and I was just like, I don't think he's going to go to Pitt. I think he'll be gone for Pittsburgh. I think he's going to go to another team, like like a Tennessee or something. And I made the, the Tennessee call. And for whatever reason, for the past like year, I always, in the back of my brain, I always thought, like, next year, Bud Dupree is going to be a Titan. I was, this is my last, at the, every game, I was like, this is the last time I'll see Bud Dupree before he's a Tennessee Titan. Like, for whatever reason, all year, I just thought he was going to be a Titan. And then it came true. So that's my second best take of the season. Honestly, that could have been my first best take. I, I'm, I, I love that take. I was, just, I was very happy with that. Um, and my second, my, my second bad take is a take that uh, lives in infamy. Um, on this show, that Saquon Barkley would lead the league in rushing yards. Um, he finished with 34 yards on the year. 34. And he, uh, he's another player that tore his ACL. So it's not like it's not like I look like like I'm an absolute idiot. Like I couldn't predict that. But what we can say is, judging by his week one, he was not going to lead the league in rushing yards. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. I was going to get it wrong. Right, he had six yards in week one. Six, the Steelers smothered him to six rushing yards. That's basically missing a game, basically. And in the NFL, like I understand, he could have just went beast mode for the rest of the year. But you, if you have a game with six yards, you're not going to leave the league in rushing yards because there's guys like Derrick Henry that don't miss a game and are putting up 150 yards per game. Like you're not, you can't miss a game and leave the league in rushing yards. So the 30, he had 34 yards. It was comical how low it was, and I understand that he did tear his ACL. But understanding also that even if he played just because of that week one, he could not have led the league in rushing yards. It just wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, my second best take of the year. Uh, Bud Dupree would not get re-signed, and he would sign to Tennessee. Second worst, Saquon Barkley would lead the league in rushing yards. All right, now we're getting to, to, to this is the very humongous margin here because my number two take is <clears throat> is really pretty good. Um, and my number two take is really awful on the other side. <laughs> so my, my second worst take of all time, Sam Darnold, it will be a top 10 quarterback <laughs> at wow. the end of the year. By no means we'll see a, a top 10 quarterback. He was a top, he was a bottom, he's probably a bottom five starter this year. Um, and that's being conservative. <laughs> and if we're going to count him back ups and whatnot. He he's played really badly, you know. There was no help there, and whatever. Absolutely no, like you know, Sam Donald had a few promising plays, but you know, no way statistically wise, and even eye test, like he definitely is out there trying. And like you, you know, we always say he's out there trying. Sam Donald has like some really good plays here and there, but it's just, it's still showing potential that's not really. And the majority of the time, you're not always seeing that potential. <laughs> Sam Donald. A broken I'm, clock is right twice a day. That's the same. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's a hor- awful take. You know, just really, really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my second best take, my second best take, this is one I'm pretty impressed with. I said that Jake, at, by the end of the season, J.K. Dobbins would be the number one running back for the Ravens. Um, you know, obviously got a more experienced, older running back that just came off a really good year last year with the number one rushing offense <clears throat> and like one of the number one rushing offenses of all time with Lamar Jackson. We all know how it worked. He got cut. He was inactive by the end of the year. Jake Dobbins was commanding the majority of the workload and playing really well. You know, it was a, it was a good take. And it at the time, it was a little bit out there. 
And um, and so, yeah, a lot of people are like, no, no, no way. He's no way. The rookie's going to come in and take it away from the veteran guy who's coming off one of the most historic rushing seasons of all time. Um, But JK Dobbins impressed a lot. The Ohio state running back and, you know, that they, you know, so I'll take at the at the moment, you know, again I say, at the moment, it was pretty out there. It was. But. <laughs> I, was I know I disagreed I, with that one. I know for a fact I disagree with you on that one because I said like maybe J.K. Dobbins might be the better than Ingram, but I thought Ingram was like they would just like give Ingram the starter on the depth chart, but then they cut Ingram, so <laughs> Ingram <laughs> getting DNP'd and then they cut him, so like he's not even there. So that was a good take. Yeah, that was a really good one. That was a really good one. Thank. And I, I, I don't, I don't even remember that Sam Darnold take. But that is a, uh, that's a very bad take. I'm interested to see what your number one worst take is. Then, holy moly. <laughs> um, so, so, my my number one uh, best take of the year. It was very bold at the time. I said that Le'Veon Bell would get cut midseason. Um, that was a pretty bold take at the time because, you know, we were early season talking about how we thought there's a chance Le'Veon Bell could be a pro bowler, you know, a very good running back of a bounce back year with the drafting of Mekhi Becton, kind of just the O-lineman that Le'Veon Bell always loved in Pittsburgh, like the guards of Ramon Foster and, uh, like Marcus Gilbert, the tackle who was just released and DeCastro. Um, but he did. Uh, he did get cut midseason. So that, that, that was when we did our bold takes. It was one of our first bold take episodes. It was our first bold take episode, actually. Um, I saw it. Yeah, so it was It was a very good take. It was a very good take. Probably my best of the year. Love you on Bell. Got, he got cut midseason, signed with the Chiefs, um, and, and lost in the Super Bowl to to former teammate Antonio Brown. So, And then my, my best take, or I'm sorry, my worst take of the year um, was kind of it was basically a take that you already said on yours, but just worded a little bit differently. Uh, I said that Justin Herbert would not start a single game uh, of the season. Um, he started 14 games and won Offensive Rookie of the Year and had a historic rookie season as a QB. I, I thought, as well as pretty much everybody else, that he was just some raw prospect that was not going to make an impact. He was going to come in. He was going to need like one, maybe even two years before he was ready to start in an NFL game. Um, and he proved me wrong. He came in in like week three. Yeah, I think it was week three he came in and had to start. He didn't know he was starting. And just after that point, just blew up. You know, one offensive rookie of the year. Had an absolutely amazing season. Might already be a top 10 QB potentially. Um, Herbert's a beast. Herbert's a beast. So my best take of the year <clears throat> yeah. the past 100 episodes is that Le'Veon Bell would get caught midseason. And my worst take of the, of the past 100 episodes was that uh, Justin Herbert would not start a single game. Definitely, <laughs> definitely a wide a wide variety of takes we've had, and yeah, you've your takes aren't like your takes like some of my takes are really drastically awful. Um, so you know, you, I I do like your takes, and a lot of times I I agreed with a lot of your takes to be honest. Um, <clears throat> but you know, looking back, we we all have our ups and downs, uh, yes. and <laughs> we had our fair share of ups and downs. So. My number one best take. We all know who's coming. If you're if yeah. you're listening to the show more than three times, you absolutely know what's going down here. My, I I, um, I proposed. I, I predicted that Alex Smith would come in at the end of the season and rally the team to five plus wins. 
and he did exactly that. He went five and one as a starter, led the team to a playoff spot, um, in heroic fashion. It was awesome. The prediction came out just how I just how I said. Uh, he really rallied the team, and that's like it's 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 fun and it's awesome. It was awesome to see it because I remember thinking about it. I was like, I was like, I wonder if he if I wonder if he did it, and then we looked it up. And then he did. Alex Smith led the team to rally the team to five plus ones um, in the playoff spot. So that's awesome. Beautiful. Um, and then my worst take, I just put pan- my, my, my variety of Panthers takes. The sheer volume of bad Panthers takes I've made, because over the whole entire season, this is what I wrote, exa- I wrote exactly, countless um, wins that, and that they lost. Um, whenever we went through and predicted every single game for the weeks, like like probably fourteen out of sixteen times, and I'm not even kidding. This is <laughs> this is not even like like I predicted them to win and get upsets like at a <laughs> at a comically high rate. And it happened like two times. <laughs> not to mention I had them winning. I had them going to the playoffs and winning in the first round, um, and a big upset too. Uh, my takes. I said Brian Burns had a had a breakout season, and then uh, Robbie Anderson would have a good season. So those aren't like bad takes. Um, Brian Burns definitely did have a good year, and um, like those are good. Those are like solid bold takes. But I made everything about their my, my Falcons on here. Then <laughs> yeah, we were both a little bit high on on two different teams, but you it wasn't as bad with you and the Falcons. And the it was it got to the point where I like I don't even know why I did it. It was just like you know what. May, screw it. Maybe I'll go out and get a get a Cole game this year. And it, it happened so rarely. There was like one or two games that like really popped out that they actually like had a pretty good chance at at having the upset. Oh, it's I don't know. That just comes to mind as being like like something that we talked about a lot. That I don't know why. Because you're the you're the big Panthers guy. Um, and you're the, you're not the big Panthers guy. You're the big Teddy Bridgewater guy. guy. <laughs> I the roster, and I just I love the roster, and I thought the roster could really like work well together. Christian McCaffrey was injured a lot, and it, that really kind of put the team on <laughs> on yeah. edge. But I was it's still that, that podcast I said I was listening to earlier. It was like not move the sticks, but the other one. Um, yeah. They made it like a joke. They were they made like a joke trade up. And like they were like alternating picks, like between like three or four guys. And the one dude was like, "I actually have a trade here." And it was like the Panthers' like ninth pick or whatever. And it was like, "Here's the eighth pick." It's like the Panthers trade the eighth pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it is the eighth pick in Christian McCaffrey to the Pittsburgh Steelers in exchange for Dwayne Haskins. And I just I just laughed at that, but this is just a random thought. But that was pretty funny. I need to find what the heck the name of that is, but I don't think I can. <laughs> Oh, wait, here it is. The pick six pod. That's it. Okay, I've seen that. Okay, yeah. I know it's like the same thing as Move the Sticks, but it's CBS Sports. Because I looked on Move the Sticks to try to see if they had a mock draft, and they didn't. So then I just like, <laughs> I like searched mock draft. Or no, I searched just like, I just searched like, I was searching through like different websites that I knew did NFL. So I was like, ESPN NFL. CBS NFL. And then I clicked CBS NFL. They had pick six, and I clicked on it. The first thing was, Mock draft, final mock draft. So I had to listen to. I listened to like half of it. I haven't finished it yet, but. Mm-hmm. So, so from ten to one, I'll go through both my good takes and bad takes. <clears throat> Start with good takes. 
I predict the Jacksonville Jaguars to go 15-1-15. That was precisely on the dot. I um, predicted Yannick Ngaku to sign with the Raiders. That was right at 9. At 8, Robbie Anderson to have a surprisingly good year. At 7, Justin Jefferson to have 850-plus receiving yards and have a good rookie year. 6, a variety of of playoff predictions that turned out to be right. In particular, uh, Buccaneers over Chiefs in the Super Bowl and John Mulford and the Rams to beat the uh, Seahawks in an upset. Then Devonta Adams at five, being a superstar. At uh, four, Deshaun Watson. Um, my bold prediction of him having a really good year and having him as a superstar in the tier list. At three, Jalen Ramsey being a in the conversation for the top cornerback in the league. At two, J.K. Dobbins taking over the number one running back spot for the Ravens. And at one, Alex Smith running the team to five plus wins at the end of the year, which happened. Right on the dot. <clears throat> You'd love it's to hear the best take it. we've had. My that is the best take we've had on this show, I will I will admit. Probably. Probably. Definitely. Although you have some good takes too, but it's it's up for discussion. But that's it's definitely the the front runner at the moment. <laughs> um, definitely the best. So my tenth worst take, my whole entire offensive line list, <laughs> followed by um Kareem Hunt requesting a trade midseason, then at eight Vance McDonald, top 10 tight end. Seven, Tyler, Tyler, Tyrod Taylor playing 16 games. Um, I mean, at seven, that was the seven. Then at six, uh, Ryan Tannehill being number one on my overrated player list. Number five, a, large, a slew of Broncos takes. Um, then at four, J.J. Watt being number two as rusher in the NFL. Three, Shady McCoy being number one running back for the Buccaneers. Two, Sam Donald being a top 10 quarterback, and then number one, a large slew of Panthers takes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my, my top 10 good takes um, from 10 to 1. Chase, or, yeah, Chase Young, defensive rookie of the year. TJ Hawkinson, 700-plus yards. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, both uh, go over 1,000. JC Jackson, top 10 corner. Uh, Colts go 11-5 and five and make the playoffs. Mari Cooper, CD Lamb, and Michael Gallup all go 700-plus. Uh, Dolphins have a top 10 defense. Justin Jefferson becomes one of the league's best wide receiver twos. Bud Dupree does not get re-signed to the Steelers and gets signed to the Titans. And Le'Veon Bell gets cut midseason. And then my uh, 10 bad takes from 10 to 1. Todd Gurley is a star this season. Uh, Julio Jones leads the league in receiving yards. Kevin Byard leads the league in interceptions. Nick Bosa, 13-plus sacks. Uh, Rams go 6-10 and 10 and miss the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill, the fourth most overrated player in the league. Eagles go 11 and 5 and are the third seed in the playoffs. Um, Carson Wentz starts all 16 games plus playoffs. Saquon Barkley leads the league in rushing yards, and Justin Herbert does not start a single game. There you have it. This has been a long awaited episode um, in the Colton and Joe mm-hmm. Show community. This large, large, large community that we've built here. The long awaited <laughs> episode. Um, We've been talking about it. We've been teasing it forever, talking about going back into literally, like even before we thought like this would be the like the hundred the hundred episode special or whatever. Like we always like for the past like <laughs> like two or three months, we've been talking about doing an episode like this just because it would be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And this was fun. I had a lot. Of, this was really enjoyable. Got to go back, reminisce about the the old days of the podcast, and uh, definitely sure. definitely. The- Oh, well, as I'll say once again, a wide variety of takes anywhere yes. from 
yes. From really pretty good and uh, all the way down to horrendous, really, really <laughs> awful, bad. <laughs> Honestly, that Sam Tarnold top 10 quarterback take could be number one easily. Um, but I as I mentioned, I didn't really put a, yeah, I didn't really put a, like a whole lot of time or effort into think like thinking which take is the worst. It just definitely could be one. Maybe I'll maybe I'll switch it up to one. Maybe that's no, that's a good that that that's probably the worst take if I had to if I had to put one on. If I had to give us Let's a see. superlative, I don't if know. I you're my you're number one. I think. My my just well my Justin Herbert take was the same as your you had your you had like basically the same take on like seven. Yeah, I just I, just I, I don't think that like, I think Carson Wentz starting all the games was very bad. I think yeah, that might not, have been my that pretty... might have been my actual worst take. I think I like actually the the two worst on the year might have to be the Sam Darnold take plus the Carson Wentz take right there. Those might be the two worst yeah. of the year if I had to if I had to pinpoint it. I think that's what I would say for the two worst. Yeah, but next year, get ready for a whole entire year of me being way too high on the Chargers and giving them way mm-hmm. too much recognition when they go out and go eight and eight <laughs> and look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, well after the draft, I know who they're going to take. I know who they're going to take. I won't say it, but I know who they're going to take. There was a thing I mean, actually that came out, and it ended up being false. Um. The, there was like a fake somebody created a fake post of the, of the dolphins and it said it was like we it was like a post that said they had traded the 13th pick and like the hundred and like the fourth round pick or something to move up to the uh 11th pick and it was like a fake post that somebody created that looked like it was from the dolphins and it was like Moving up to number 11, like, who are we going to get? Hashtag fins up or whatever. And and somebody tweeted that out and was like, their Dolphins just tweeted this and then deleted it soon after. And then Pro Football Focus came out and tweeted it out that was like, ooh, the Dolphins just tweeted and deleted this. And it's like the official Pro Football Focus said that that was true. And then, like, all, of like, the meme pages and stuff were posting it and being like, oh, man, the Dolphins trade or the, the Chargers trade up to number 11. And then, um, yeah, it was Chargers. I, I think I said Dolphins, but it was Chargers. Uh, I, like, man, I don't know. It, it was bolts up, not fins up. But it was the Chargers. I'm sorry. Uh, it was like trade up to number 11. And, the, and Pro Football Focus had tweeted, and all the meme pages were going off. And then Pro Football Focus came out. I was like, uh, that was our fault, guys. That was a fake. <laughs> that was a fake <laughs> picture. The Chargers did not actually tweet that. So I got my hopes up. I was like, the thing is, it, it didn't make any sense to me, though, because, like, who. Are they trading up for two spaces to eleven? Because it's like a lot of people, like a large yeah. consensus is that they're going to probably try to go online. Well, who are they trading up for eleven? Yeah. You're not getting Panay Sewell at eleven. You're not getting Sewell at eleven, mm-hmm. and you're probably not getting Slater at eleven either. Like you could, you could. There, there's a chance you get Slater at eleven, but it's really risky. And the are the odds yeah. may not be in your favor of Slater at eleven. So the third best offensive tackle would be Darisaw. And the best offensive interior offensive line would be probably Vera Tucker. But there's a good chance that both of them are available at 13. So like, who in the world are they trading up yeah. for? Like, my thought was that when I first saw that, I thought they were trading Not. up for – I thought they were trading up for Micah Parsons, personally. Like, when I first saw that, thinking it was real, I thought they traded up to try to draft Micah Parsons, who I, I'm really high on Parsons. But 
Um, mm-hmm. It was fake, so <laughs> they're not training up for Parsons. They're going to stay at 13. Yeah. Uh, all signs point, so. I got duped. I got duped. I really think, I'm not sure, I'm like, I really don't think I'm going to put any trades in my I did not draft. I didn't. I don't. Just because it's something. It's so hard to predict a trade. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's like with with that. I feel like this year a trade up wouldn't be that bad. But just like if you trade up the fourth pick, it may not be um, that bad. Just because like it's going to be a quarterback either way. So it probably isn't going to throw your entire mock draft off. But like mm-hmm. a lot of times, like you trade up, and you just have a gut feeling, and it's not like this one where it's like someone's going to trade up for a QB. It's like it'll throw everything off, but I, I think it's inevitable. There's going to be a trade off for a QB, whether that be at four, whether that be at seven with Detroit. Somebody's trading up for a QB. Yeah, it's going to be the Patriots or the Broncos or, or the Bears, Washington. Maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe the Bears. I think it's going to be. The, I think the Patriots and the Broncos are the two that are really going to consider trading up, namely New England, because I think the Broncos will have the opportunity to 100% draft a quarterback at the ninth pick. And I think the mm, – let's, let's think about this. So we know the top two picks, basically. Yeah. The third pick will be a QB. There's five first-round QBs. I think we can all agree. Three, the first three picks are all QBs. So I, even if the Patriots trade up, like the Broncos at nine will still probably be able to get a QB. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. they may. I feel like it's probably going to be the Patriots, and like, I feel like the Broncos may feel a little complacent because they're like, there's a good chance we may have a pick of a QB. You know, you know what I mean? Maybe not. Maybe they trade up to get Fields or Lance, and that's like Lance's Trey Lance's draft stock is rising by the minute. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to do any trades just because. That, that that just complicates things for me, and that kind of throws off everything. And I, I I operate by a system of if you get the right player in the right team, then it works, right? And then it's you, you you get it counts. Like I had like last year, I correctly predicted uh, Jordan Love in my mock draft to the Packers, which was kind of a crazy one. I, if Joe didn't text me, I actually would have never. I would have completely forgot about Jordan Love. Um, you could put that as your best take. That would have been. It wasn't on the show though. It wasn't on the show though. We weren't, yeah, we weren't doing the pot at the time. That's my thing. Last year, every year I've got a couple of prospects that I love. And I haven't really come out with like my list. I haven't said my list of prospects I love this year. Last year, Jordan Love was like headbiting it. Like I love Jordan Love last year. I think, honestly, Trey Lance might be my QB this year. Every Just, year there's a QB I really like. I, I used to – I mentioned on here I like didn't like Jason Fields at all. But like in the past – like maybe three weeks, I've like fallen in love with Fields. I yeah. really want him to be taken. I don't think he's gonna be, but I'm trying to think. I'm not gonna my lie. guys this year, and this draft, I think Trey Lance is one of my guys. Um, I think Micah Parsons is one of my guys. I think maybe Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith is kind of at this point, like the consensus number three receiver in the draft. Like in, in my in my opinion, I think he's the second best in the draft, personally, right? But Waddle's really, every good. mock draft has Waddle. Every mock draft, every prospect list has Waddle over him. Personally, I think Smith is better, but it's just it's a preference thing. Devontae Smith might be one of my guys. I think I think I think he's one of my guys. When it comes to line, Jalen Phillips, maybe. 
I love Jalen Phillips. Rashad. Be. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a big on Bateman. Maybe not Phillips. Maybe, you know what? You know who my other guy is? Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I, I like Gregory Rousseau to like to an extent, but I don't like. I don't have too many guys that like, I really like. Those are my guys this year. Those are my. I think I had four. If I'm not, I think I listed four. Those are my four guys this year. Uh, I don't. Trey Lance officially my guys. Trey Lance, Javante Smith, Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Awusu uh, Koromoa. Those are my guys. Last year, I don't remember. I know Jordan Love was one of my guys, and Mackay Becton was one of my guys last year. I think Judy was one of my guys. If I'm not mistaken, I think I really liked Judy last year. And that might have been it. <laughs> that was probably that, that was probably those were the three guys I can remember. Oh, and DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Every once a year, I I'll have a guy, and usually one of them will bust <laughs> for the most part. I one of my like one of my favorite players, like the year I started watching football, like my favorite player in the draft was Paxton Lynch. And we, we all know how that turned out. Um but yeah, those are my official guys this year. We'll see where the, I know where I've got them. I have my, basically at this point, I have my mock draft like memorized into my brain. So mm-hmm. I made so many revisions going through. I'm pretty sure if I put, my, I'm I'm pretty sure if I sat down, I can list you off from my brain my entire mock draft right now. Do it. I won't do that. I won't. I won't do that until. Uh, I won't do that next episode. All by brain. All right. I'm I'm really excited. I still have a little bit of work to do. I'm probably gonna do a couple different versions. I always do this like I just keep going through the like a website that just does like it's like a mock draft engine pretty much, and then it makes it easy because I'm just gonna I know I'm gonna forget someone, and it's gonna I'm be stupid. Right I put... now, my uh the top I think the toughest pick in the draft for me for some reason is 14 Minnesota because I know like a. There's two positions that they could go for, and I feel like there's one position that I think they need a little bit more, but a different one that everyone mocks them. And the position that they need, there's like not that many good ones on the board left. It's like, I don't know. It's really tough for me. I've got, I've got to pick in, and I think I like it well enough. I've seen a couple of mock drafts that have the same pick. So I think, I think I'm okay with it, but that's a tough pick. But I'm, I'm definitely really excited for the mock draft. Um, I... Obviously, the draft. I'm I'm so stoked for the draft, but uh, the mock draft is like uh, like a like a little a little before party. Yeah, for sure. I know. The thing is, I like number 30, 31 and thirty two. I really think both the Chiefs and the Buccaneers could trade down. Um, mm-hmm. So it's I start to make a pick. Well, there. the Chiefs don't have it anymore. It's the Ravens. Oh now. yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. But the Buccaneers, I really think like the Buccaneers could trade down. I saw a mock draft today that had the Buccaneers taking Davis Mills for quarterback. I don't know if I like that. I don't like that. Um, even because, like, even if even if that roster doesn't have holes, I think we can agree that there's no holes on that roster. But yeah. either way, just like get a a quality player. Like, you don't need a Tom Brady's backup. Don't worry about that already. We don't need to be worrying about Brady's backup. All right, get him an O lineman. Get him. Some like get a get another safety, uh, get another edge rusher to give you know Dominican Sue a break sometimes. Get you know just do something. Get a third corner. I I left a really good corner off of my off of my mock draft. I will say I left a very good corner off my mock draft. And I have a lot of cornerbacks taken in my draft. Like I'll pretty much every single draft I have like like three or four. 
I left a corner that I really like off of the draft, sadly. But I just I I don't know where I would have mocked him. Asante, is it Asante? I guess you can't tell me. I won't tell you. I think so Asante, if it's not the same mix out of the first round, then I think he might be there in the second round for the Steelers. No. Like, I, I think Steelers, question. if they take Najee in the first round, I, I really don't even care who's available in the second round. You have to go offensive line, then. In my mm. opinion. I don't know. As much as, as, as good as, like, Asante Samuel is, and, and I wouldn't be upset with the pick, there's going to be a good O-lineman on the board in the second round. At least one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. And it, even if you can't get him at the scene, you could try to trade up maybe. But you got to think, there's so many, like, solid O-linemen. You got to think, in the second round, Sam Cosme might be available. Like, a Wyatt Davis could be available. Um, like, Jalen Mayfield, maybe. Alex Leatherwood, I'm sure, will be yeah, available. Like the thing maybe is, we have been like Everything else is locked in, pretty much. Dawson and Chuck. You could always, you can always move around pieces. Like I, I don't even. If Tevin Jenkins is on the board in the second round or something, as unlikely as that may be, if Tevin Jenkins is on the board, I'm sorry, Zach Banner, but I'd rather have Tevin Jenkins. Like the thing, Zach Banner's getting paid starter money, so he's definitely going to start this year. He's getting paid starter money, but he's getting paid starter money for like one year. Yeah, so it's not that big of a deal. Zach Banner, but like, cut off, like if if you draft someone in all reality. Yeah. I would. I'd like a center. Like Creed Humphrey would be a good pick in the second round if he's still there. Or yeah. like I have a pretty good O lineman uh, that I that I left off. So like if you got we 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 discussed it and we're gonna give like kind of a like just barely missed the cut list. So it's like top prospects in the second round. Basically, we'll just give like five or so players that like we left off of it. And I I will say two of them off that I remember off the top of my head is one. One good offensive tackle and one one good corner. So that's all I remember. Yeah, <clears throat> I was reading a mock draft in algebra, like right before algebra class when they were taking attendance today, mm-hmm. and I liked it. So I might take some inspiration from it. I'm not going to copy it because I wasn't. I didn't think it was 100 percent right, but yeah, I did like it a lot. Yeah, I just went. Well, how I did mine, I basically I looked. I was reading the pro football focused prospect ranking with I had one tab open on the computer that was pro football focused prospect rating ranking. And the other one was Daniel Jeremiah's most recent prospect ranking. I trust Daniel Jeremiah with my life. That man is a genius. I, I love Daniel Jeremiah. He's, I, I love watching him on NFL network and stuff. So I had that. And then I, I used that information on there and the stats and their analysis to formulate my top five players at each position um, and then I had based on that. Then when I was actually making my mock draft yesterday and today, um, I used that and then went like looking at like I had like the NFL.com's most latest mock draft and like the I think I had Sports Sports Illustrated and like maybe a CBS one. And I had like three open. I was just scrolling between the t- between the three and then using my my top five rankings. And, and formulating my mock draft. I think I've got this. I think this is a very, very good mock draft. And the top, the top like six or seven, the top seven, I think is like really weird. Like there's so many different ways the top seven can go. But I feel like out, this is like usually when you do a mock draft, it's like the top 10, you feel good about it. You think you can get like six to seven out of 10 of the, like six to seven of the top 10, right? And then after that, it's like a war zone basically. 
I feel like it's opposite for me this year. Like, I feel like th- there's like, like three picks that I'm like, in the, I, th- I really think there's two picks in the whole, uh, three picks. I'll say there's three picks in the top 10 that I'm like pretty certain I got correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. But after that, like, there are a bunch of picks like after the top 10 that I'm like, okay, that's, that's going to happen. Like, I feel really good about that pick, but I'll, yeah. I'll tell you the picks I feel good about whenever we get to the episode on we'll record Wednesday. You'll see it on Thursday. But. All right. Yeah. This it's been it's been real. It's been real. Yeah. I'll say. Wonders episodes in. It's been it's been nothing but a good time. And, um. For sure. It's been fun, and it's we're almost about a year at this point. We're almost a, a year into the podcast, and you know. It's it's not always, uh, you know, it's not always been have we not always had immense success is what I'm trying to say, but it's always it's always been an enjoyable time. And it's not always been about the the success and seeing how many people listen to it. And you know, it's it's about getting a, having a forum where we can talk about sports. You know, I'm, I was making takes and stuff, and you know, it's it's more fun to put it in a, in a digital format than just a picture on Instagram or something. So for sure, for sure. Certainly. Certainly no regrets here. <laughs> yes, yes. And I guess with this being the 100th episode, I just want to get, give a quick thanks. Uh, you guys, to the, for, to the however many of you we have here listening to this episode, um, thank you for sticking around. We're, uh, we're 100 episodes deep and we're having fun. Um, we, we just thank all you guys that have watched for the past 100 episodes. Hope that you continue to watch. Let us know what you want to see going forward. Uh, let us know what you've liked seeing in the past. And uh, just just thanks. So. Mm-hmm. Any yes. any parting words for you here? You know, just you know, it's 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 the whole the whole the whole the Colton and Joe show experience is something that I hope is is unique to an extent. You know, it's it's a fun balance between the inside jokes and we still talk about sports and stuff. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of shows that are more that talk about sports and they it's a lot more funny. It's it's fun to listen to. I like them, but you know, they were I think we're so it's a good balance between. The fun, and you know, we still talk about. They do have a to an extent, you know. That's something I think is yes, it's more unique. You know, they sure. you, sometimes listen to sports shows, and it's all, it's all, all business. No, it's all business. And no there's fun. some sports shows like Pardon My Take. It's all jokes. There's like not even sports in it, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's I think it's a good balance. That's you know, just, just stick with it. I'm I'm happy with the consistency. And um, definitely, like I know we missed like a like a like a week and a half there or whatever in between there for uh, because we couldn't think of any episodes to do. But now we're back on the grind, and we got the bat draft coming up. Everything is looking up. Everything's looking up. Yep, for sure, for sure. So thank you guys. One hundred episodes in. We'll see you in episode one hundred and one with the episode that we're we're very hyped for the mock draft. We'll yes, see sir. you in two days. And you know how we got to end it from us here at the Colton and Joe show on our 100th episode. We are peace and.